world-renowned author, cartoonist, just great human being. I can't wait to hear what our friend Stu Heineke has to say on launch day. <laughs> hey, man, so nice to join you guys. Congratulations, Stu. I know that, you know, on on book release, you probably have lots of things to do and you're you're um, you're watching this thing uptick and um it and i know you've got a ton of things going on so we are honored to have you aboard uh today i can't wait for you to share um the, the story behind the story if you will of of this book and uh so any uh you know any breaking news here as far as how it's doing on the uh if you want to well, uh, you know, so the funny thing is, you know, I, I, actually, this is a great part of, of launch day. This is incredible to be with you guys. Um, I mean, you know, the book's on Amazon, so where else, where right, else would you want right. to be? With, but with, with Jim and Chris right now. So, but uh, yeah, I'm watching, um, you know, I'm on Amazon. I've got a couple of pages open and I'm watching every, like every page where, the, where, how to grow your business like a weed is uh, showing up, and and so on on the Kindle um, platform, it's the number one new release in small business awesome, marketing. Awesome. That's awesome. pretty cool. That's a good start for the day. Oh, yeah, that's that's got to feel that's got to feel great. And you know, it, th- honestly, Stu, like the, a lot of the people that are that watch our show, that listen to the podcast after we release this uh, next week. They're a part of small business. They may be solopreneurs. They may have, you know, an LLC. They may, you know, have a have a small business. So this is just the the perfect audience to if for the first time, if you uh, if this is the first time you've seen this gentleman or heard of this gentleman's work, you're in for a treat. Uh, uh, Stu, which uh, what number book is this for you? Well, this is actually my fifth book, but uh, amazing third one with a publisher. Wow! Yeah. yeah. And, and do yeah. you think that's actually made a big difference for you by going to a publisher as opposed to when you did on your own? Oh yeah, oh it's night. And, I think it's night and day. I know a lot of authors, and and a lot of them are saying. I mean, if they're really, really well established, um, some of them are, are saying, you know, I want to own my book now. So I just want to have the whole thing. I want to control it completely. Um, and and so and I already have an audience. People know me, and so that that makes sense to go that that route. But Otherwise, uh, you know, publishers, they, there's so much expertise behind what they do and so much great, great, uh, I don't know, great judgment of, of how these things work. And, you know, like, Jim, you know, the, the, you know my book, my earlier book, uh, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. I didn't even come up with the title, but the publisher did. Wow. So it wouldn't have been, it would have been called something like Breaking oh. Through without without the publisher so when I mean, they came up with the most outrageous title I mean, when he first said it i thought gosh can i can i lay claim to that i don't know because yeah why not <laughs> you know? so and they, i don't they just know they 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 make a lot of things happen that you wouldn't be able to make happen if you were i don't know, i think even if you're an established publisher because you know when they bring your book to the to the international book fairs, and then they start selling international uh, rights. I mean, that's, so that it becomes, I mean, different language rights. You're not going to do that if you've just self-published a book. So there just a, there are a lot of things that a publisher brings to the table, and I, I'm so glad to work with them. I like this is really kind of weed like me of me, but I like collaborating. And who knew? I didn't. I didn't know. You don't collaborate when you cartoon, so <laughs> but, right. So, but I love collaborating, and it, it just turns out that the more you team up with 
with others, the more you create a team around you or, or just a, a network around what you're doing, the stronger it becomes. It's just, it's just, hey, hi, by the way, hi, Russ. <laughs> just noticed that. <laughs> but it just the stronger it becomes. And it's it's a very weed-like trait, actually. Wow. Yeah. And and you know, it's it's funny too, because like with your first book, one of the things I remember because uh, you know, Jeff Sheehan and I uh would spend a lot more time together uh before the thing that shall remain nameless. But I think he had that book like was like completely dog-eared, right? I mean, yeah. he had gone through it multiple times. I was like, I you know, if Jeff Sheehan, who's one of the top, I think, 50 people in the B2B social media space, is going through this book, there's something to it. And then obviously getting to meet you after that, it's like, wow, this guy is is brilliant. I mean, because you know, you've had quite the evolution going from being a cartoonist to a published author to a, right, the father of contact marketing. So what made you make this, I guess, this is like, to me, you're taking another step. You're going beyond just contact marketing. Now, with this Weeds book, you're talking about really strategy to help businesses grow like a weed. I mean, what, what made you think of this? I mean, I know you talk about in the book some, but I won't, I won't let you talk about it. Yeah, well, I, and I, I should also respond to. The, I mean, why would a cartoonist be writing a strategy book? I mean, what what is that? What is that about? But there, there's a there's an evolution that actually makes a lot of sense. And so I'm also a marketer. I mean, that's my education. I'm a marketer, and I've used cartoons throughout my or much of my career. Actually, I'm still doing it. So throughout my entire career, really, I've been using cartoons as a device to break through. And man, we've we've created a lot of record breaking campaigns using something as silly as cartoons. but uh, And then I was lucky enough to be mentored by some of the best cartoonists in the world. I mean, these were my heroes of cartooning. So people like Gahan Wilson and Eldon Dadini from Playboy and and um, Arnie Levin and, and uh, Leo Cullum and Bob Mankop and so forth from, from The New Yorker. And I got just the most incredible, I don't know, launch or education in cartooning. It was, it was amazing. So it just became part of, part of what I do and part of who I am, I suppose. But you, you know, you were, so what's, so I, part of this is really just why would I be writing a book about strategy and weeds? I mean, what do I have to do with any, either of those things? But the thing is, I've been a business owner my whole career as well. And I sell. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. You, I mean, in a business, you, if you own the business, you sell. Doesn't it doesn't matter whether you have the name sales or the word sales in your title or not. That's what you do. And so that's why when I was, when I wrote that book about how to get a meeting with anyone, I was I was using cartoons to break through to presidents and prime ministers and celebrities and so on. And I, what's everyone else doing? And that that's the evolution of that of that earlier book. And then the weeds book came from. I was a young man. I was driving down the Santa Monica freeway one day. I lived in L.A. and um, I noticed a dandelion growing out of a crack in the concrete. And, and, um, it, in the, I should say in the median. So, you know, there are six lanes of traffic going this way, six lanes coming the other way, are just a, a rush of roaring tires on, on all these lanes when it was when we used, when the traffic used to move pretty well. I don't think it does anymore. But, um, and then this 40 foot wide median and a crack in the concrete and this dandelion found its way there and it's making this living. It's just sitting there running its process and it's sort of happy, you know, I mean, those, yellow flowers and those seed, those geodesic seed pods, and they're kind of blowing seeds around in the smoggy turbulence. And um, and it just, I, I was just, you know, it's, a, it's something we've seen a million times, all of us have. 
Because, you know, once in one sense, you might wonder, how on earth did it get there? How did it pull that off? Because it's, it's pretty significant that it's not an apple tree growing there or a petunia. And quite frankly, those plants wouldn't make it as a weed. <laughs> they're, they're really special. But but we know how dandelions get there. They release those seeds. They're these highly mobile seeds that probe every possible opportunity to take root. So they're they're almost miraculous in the way that they operate. And and then also just it just looked like it was happy. <laughs> I don't know. It was just it wasn't depressed. It wasn't. I don't think it was thinking to itself, "Geez, this really sucks." I ended up in the middle of a freeway instead of at the beach. That's really where I wanted to be. <laughs> I mean, there's none of none of what we do to get in our way. That's and so as I whizzed past, I'm just saying, "Wow, you know, I I hope I can live up to that example in my career and in my business." And it just got me thinking for a very well all this time. <laughs> I mean, this this day is huge. For me, it's just hugely significant that the de- the book is finally out. It's I mean, t- as of today, so uh, it's it's just an incredible journey. But that's that's where it came from. Yeah, and I love I love how um, this is this is so much about mindset because I think when people when people think about weeds, their immediate thought is you know something bad, right? Some you know thistle that you've got to yank out between the, you know in your garden or or a part of the flowers and and all of that. And there are a lot of that. If you're intending to grow something, you know, beautiful like petunias and there's weeds, you know, you got to, you got to get rid of them. And so typically most people think of weeds like very, very negatively, but you've, you've looked at it very differently and said, you know, let's, let's study the, this and let's study resiliency and let's study how uh, you, you go into how over the course of time, how weeds have developed, um, you know, a, almost like uh, something against weed killers. Like they, they, there's all kinds of stories that you talk about uh, how weeds are not just that they haven't just been the same for uh, eons, right? They've developed and changed and, and metamorphosized, and and when you go into that, it kind of helps you your your mindset. Is this book as much about mindset? Uh, as it is a uh, a specific how to or is it is it both? Well, or? it's it's, it's actually it does include mindset because because that's part of the weeds model actually. That here's what I discovered: they come in all shapes and sizes. They're all over the world. Actually, most of these weeds have spread all over the world. Um, and and so what? One of the things I wanted to discover was: do they have a model? I mean, like, how do they do that? We all know what it means to grow like a weed, but. But how do they actually do it? And and do they have a model? And and if they do, is that model applicable to what we do in business? And the answer is they do have a model. It's it is applicable. Just writing the book has changed my business and the way I do business in in some pretty profound ways. I mean, if I'm writing it, I'm just saying, oh my God, I'm look at all these mistakes I've been making. And 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 it just it re it just rejigs, it just changes the way you do business. Um but you know, one of the things that you might notice, because we talk, you mentioned the the weed mindset, and or is there a mindset? And there is a weed mindset. And by the way, it's not sitting around, you know, smoking dudes. It's, uh, <laughs> that's not what it is. I know someone. I'm suddenly guests have asked that. <laughs> like Garen is asking. Aaron, Garen's hoping that that's what it is, but that's not what it is. Um, but what it, it, you, and and you, it's just weird to even think that something without a brain. Like, how is it supposed to have a mindset then? But weeds, they're, they're just a different, completely different kind of, let's say, form of life. And while they don't have brains, they certainly have this collective intelligence about 
And they are, in that sense, they are brilliant. I mean, they never do anything without an unfair advantage. Just think about that for, for a second about, like, in business, why would you, if you don't have any unfair or secret or very competitive advantages, why would you be in business? I mean, you can't survive in business without unfair advantages. So you can look to weeds. I could look to the weeds in your yard. And I'm sure that after, if you, if you listen to this, the whole broadcast or our whole live cast here, you'll be going outside looking at the weeds very differently after this because you'll be just going, yeah, look what they're doing. Oh my God, look what they're doing. And then you'll, then you'll still have to pull them out of your <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you when Chris and I were at Podfest and Vidfest, I was sitting out by the pool and in my back of my mind, I'm like, are there weeds growing out here? So I was like, you already have me now looking because of your your story about the the Santa Monica Freeway. And I will tell you, you know, because and and I was I have just a couple lines in the book that that Stu is nice enough to to put in there. Uh, but as a as a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel, this book has a lot of leadership implications for veterans getting into business, even for military guys, because it does make you think about what you talk about with the whole weeds mindset of like, you know what, you got to be resilient. You got to adapt. And that's something that weeds do that we as business owners, just leaders in our community don't always think about, right? Sometimes it's it's easy to shrivel up like a, like a, what, a wallflower as opposed to being, you know, and I also found it interesting that you think that weeds are optimistic. And that was something that I found to be like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Well, you know, you know. Well, first of all, thank you because because one of the blurbs in the book is from you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But um, you know, actually, I interviewed two four-star generals for the book. I, mean, I interviewed a lot of people, really interesting people, business personalities, and and all sorts of experts in business, all areas of business, the full spectrum of of expertise within business, but also weed scientists and botanists and so on. It's a it's a crazy combination of people to bring together but but you're right there is there definitely is sort of a a military like doctrine here and and I think it all goes and that, which is why the two generals I mean they gave some great quotes about how weed just just weed attributes are are um are necessary in in, in from a military standpoint that was general Barry McCaffrey and and David Petraeus also gave this great quote about about weeds being um just just being persistent and and um, and I, I don't know, just resilient. I mean, that, the thing is, we 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 talked about the weeds mindset here just a, a minute ago. Weeds, as this is what I identified in the book. Weeds are optimistic, as you said. I'm going to call back, come back to that. But optimistic, and and uh, persistent, and aggressive, and urgent, and adaptable, and resilient. Those are all qualities that serve us anywhere in life, anywhere where there's competition. If you're not competitive, if you don't have those 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 attributes running, and I mean like running at a at at a high pace or a high high pitch, then you're not going to get anywhere because it's a very very competitive world. Um, in in the military, competition is life or literally life or death. In business, it's I don't know. Let's it's the difference between going broke or or really really thriving in your in your field. And so those things are really important. You know, one of the things that I found. Also interesting about the, the mindset is that they're also weeds are incredible collaborators. Think about that for business. I mean, you know, when we're if you own a business, you're trying to create an internal culture, and you want people to collaborate. And you want actually what you really want them to do is to feel like 
I can't believe I get to work here. I mean, that's like a, like a movement. Kind of like if you were working for SpaceX right now, and you were helping to bring mankind to, or humankind to Mars, we've become a multi-planetary species because of what you're doing at work. That's incredible. I mean, that's incredible work to do. So, now, Jim, you mentioned optimism, and I guess, you know, I mean, like, where, 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 how would you get any sort of inkling of a, a mindset from weeds? And I guess what you, well, I, in my case, you get it by watching what they do. I mean, if you're out there working on your yard and you yank up some weeds and you, you discover you only got a piece of it, well, there's a, there's a strategy at play there. Or if you grab a handful of, let's say, thorns, like my background with blackberries, there's a strategy at play there. And, and so, um, you know, there's, when when we think about let's say how would how would weeds be optimistic? I guess if you think of optimism as being the the opposite of or the lack of pessimism maybe or depression, and when we're depressed we don't we don't move as fast we don't do as much as we could do we're not excited about anything we're lethargic and and our output suffers. But when we're excited when we're optimistic it it's it hits a feverish pitch. I mean that's that's when we're most productive. And you can see this happening with weeds. If you cut them down, what do they do? They just they just go to work immediately on their process, and they they're very aggressive in their process, and they just grow right back. And that's what an optimist would do. That's amazing. It's like it's it's not just like optimism just to be optimistic, right? There's 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 something tactical behind it. You have to remain that because um, yeah, it's not just blind optimism. In other words, what, uh, let me ask you this, Stu. So. What are maybe some of your favorite examples of businesses who have applied um, this, uh, you know, the the weed mindset and uh, sort of the? I know there's an acronym in here as well um, that's that's brought through the book. What are maybe some of your favorite examples of of businesses that uh, you know uh, throughout the course of history that uh, are, are that use this? Well, I would say that any business that is winning is probably using some of this strategy. Uh, but you know, one of my favorites, and this isn't just because I'm on Dealcasters live right now, but one of my favorite examples would be Amazon. Look at it. I mean, you know, if, when you spot a dandelion in your front lawn, let's say, um, and you're just looking at it, you think, oh my God, well, I, now I have a dandelion. You know, I've actually, if you think, if you're just looking at and you think, well, I've got a dandelion, look up because what you really have are hundreds of them by the time you spot one. They always work at collective scale and and um, and they understand scale, I guess, in that collective brain of theirs. They understand scale implicitly. They really get it. Well, I think Jeff Bezos does as well and his whole team. Uh, and in fact, Jeff doesn't do all of it alone, obviously. So, um, so he's got this incredibly sharp, sharp team and they have, in, they've, they have, um, innovated all kinds of things i mean like one click shopping and um uh, and i think i think amazon is the first was the first affiliate program wasn't it it sounds right i'm sure someone else will claim it but let's just say that it, that it does i mean i i haven't i've heard that but i don't i don't know for sure but well i mean what you see though is amazon has spread all over the world and it and it it involves a lot of even a lot of small businesses. I mean, they love storefronts on on Amazon. It's become sort of the whole world of retail. And literally, the whole world of retail is encompassed. It's in this one website. It's incredible, and it's all because they are very, very weed like in in the way that they spread and and innovate. And 
and create those unfair advantages. Um, so yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're a great example. Um, Jeff won't like this next example. If, I don't know if Jeff's listening. In, oh, he's always listening, Stu. He, he's I'm a sure big he fan so, of ours. Hi, yes. <laughs> he, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything come across. He, he's actually yet, on but, Amazon watching us on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. Always watching, aren't you, Jeff? <laughs> but now I hope he tunes out a little bit because I'm going to talk about Elon. So Elon is another great, great example of weed strategy and really weed mindset at work. You know, the, I, I'm fascinated with the development process that he went through with the Falcon booster system, but now with Starship. And if you watch, he just, like a weed, they try something. Well, yeah, they just, they try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And suddenly they succeed and they don't give up. They don't stop. And so, and when, when he, when he succeeds, he ends up doing things that are, are building things that no one's built before. I mean, we're so used to those Falcon boosters now going up to the, I don't know, either launching satellites, whatever they're doing, they're going up to space or up to the ISS, et cetera. But we're so used to now seeing them come back down and make a propulsive landing. And if, if they launch uh, Falcon Heavy, then there are two boosters that come in like a duet. They, I mean, it's unbelievable. Or they land, they land them on, on drones, drone ships at sea now. I mean, for a long time, I should say. I mean, we're so used to that now. But before, I mean, when... You, you might remember that they'd send them up and then they'd come back down and crash or explode on, on landing in some form. And and it was a big deal when they finally first stuck a landing. But it's become so routine now. We just, I mean, it's, it's, we don't even pay attention. But but that process is incredible. And process is a big part of just what weeds do. Think about it. They've been around for millions. and Actually, they've probably been around for about 145 million years. Because that's that's what the fossil record says uh, I mean the flowering plants appeared on the planet 145 million years ago and I'm sure a lot of those were weeds right so um, so they they they've been around for a long time they have this process that is just programmed into their DNA they just run it like a computer and so this process is really well honed I mean it's ancient but it's also a process that changes on a dime and I know we'll talk about some examples of this coming up but it just changes it reacts to any any challenge to its existence and it just sort of evolves right around it. So it is, it's an evolution as well, but process is also just a huge part of their model. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's awesome to be inspired by, you know, the Bezos's and the Musk's of the, of the world that are applying it. And you can say these, these are the principles of that. But I think a lot of people might look at that and say, well, they have this cumulative advantage because they've, you know, that business, you know, Amazon started, started ugly, right? And it was built to that. But how would someone who is just really not necessarily bootstrapping, but they're their own, they're a solopreneur and um, they're looking to be successful and kind of looking to shift their mindset into into something like the weed mindset. Uh, how would someone like that that's just like, okay, I'm not Elon Musk yet. Um, I don't have I don't have a staff, uh, you know. But how can I sort of apply some of these principles that you're that you're speaking about in the book for me, the lone uh, solopreneur? Well, I mean, well, a couple couple things come to mind. One is you probably do have unfair advantages if you've been in business and you've stayed in business. You probably have some unfair advantages. That's really good, and you should be you should be focusing on magnifying those and and creating new ones all the time. But I mean, it can come down to something as simple as the location of your business. 
I mean, you could be in a pl- in a place that just is is filled with traffic, not because traffic, not not traffic that you built, but it's just filled with traffic. People are always coming coming by. That's great. Uh, there, it, they can come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, but uh, but the fact is, you need to be focused on what are those unfair advantages I have. How can I how can I cultivate more of them, and how can I put them out there in the marketplace? Now, the other thing though that you mentioned, Chris, was solopreneurs. So that's interesting because solopreneurs are they're not really scaling, are they? I mean, if you're a solopreneur, you're, it's still just you, right? right. So. You know that's 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 kind of a big deal. It's a big part of scaling, and so one of the other things that weeds. Well, there's a section in the book called "Scaling Like a Weed." I'll tell you, you know, I have a blast with this book because yeah. it's just. So fun I can tell. I can tell you're lighting you're lighting up talking about it. It's it's amazing. Well, I mean, like, I get to talk I, when I talk to people and they tell me their story, and I I I'm, I get impressed. I say, "Man, you're just a total weed." <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> <laughs> but but one of the things that 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 the weeds show us is that while we have we were sort of trained to be self-sufficient, not sort of, we are trained to be self-sufficient. That's how we make our way in the world. And and I, I you know, I think we were taught when we, that when we first played musical chairs. So the first time you play, it's like, whoops, why where'd my chair go? And you learn from that life is I don't know, life is not fair. It's very competitive. If you're going to be competitive, if you're going to thrive, you better start paying attention and be pro, being proactive. And you be, you know, you got to be. You, you can't just be lazy. It won't. It won't work that way. And so it starts there. And then you're told we're told to go go to school, get good grades, and with those good grades, get into a great college. And with that with that college degree, or maybe even even beyond the the, the bachelor's degree, but graduate degrees, et cetera, go out and get a great job. But you know what? Here's the problem from the weed standpoint. You can't scale jobs. You can't have a thousand jobs. You can't do that. But entrepreneurs, uh, successful entrepreneurs know that the, the key to all this is scaling everything. And you, the only way to do that is you build a team and you build a network. And those things sound probably so mundane, but if you don't do that, nothing happens. And I'm, you know, I, I have spent a lot of time as a sort of a solopreneur myself. And uh, I'm realizing that my inclination to do a lot of things myself or learn how to do them. Um, it's great fun. It's, you know, it's, it's a great thing. And entrepreneurs are very, very self-reliant people. But the more you rely on yourself, the more you prevent yourself from scaling. So, you know, solopreneurs start finding ways to to network and create new, new um, I don't know, just new alliances, new partnerships, get into new sales channels, et cetera. I mean, do more. You know, you guys have an unfair advantage in this show. This, I'm sure, this show is helping you get business. Uh, you know, I mean, and who even like this is so not strange. It's so it's so wonderful, actually, amazing to see what you're doing. Like, who knew that you could have a live show on on Amazon? And you guys are early adopters, and you've got you've got a, a following, and that's a big unfair advantage. How are people going to match that? Mm, thank you, and, and thank right? you for saying that, Stu. And it's and you know it sort of speaks to what you're saying is that Jim and I, when we started working together, that's when things became like weeds. That's where it was like you know we and I I've always encouraged you know whether you're a solopreneur or whether you have a small business and maybe a couple people always look for people that you trust that you can surround yourself with that will not try to just tell you what you want to hear 
uh, but they'll be honest and you know you can tell them about their successes and they will help you celebrate and you can tell them about your failures and they will help you get through them and and learn from them and i think that's that's an important mindset for for really anyone because like to your point it's like you can't do all the things by yourself if you want if you expect to scale you've got to get yourself out there and maybe make some mistakes with uh, some people that you want on your team um, that don't have that all of a sudden you feel like you're in competition uh, with them and that's that's gonna that's gonna kill the weed mindset yeah and and to Chris's point too right that's definitely a struggle Chris and I talk about that sometimes like Chris is taking that next step and has a VA I I'm like trying to figure out what can I get a VA to do to help me scale because I think right we get into this mindset of well, I've got to do it. It's got to be done my way if I want it done right. And we got to learn to trust. And I think, right, weed's just kind of like, you know, hey, it's all going to take care of itself. And if, you know, if the weed gets chopped down, it grows back up. And so we have to kind of have that more open mindset. And so, yeah, I, it definitely for us, you know, I, and I, I was mentioned to Chris before, in some aspects, being on Amazon is a weed strategy because you've got all these other people that a uh, you know if you want to call it they're on YouTube right there's 51 million YouTubers and we keep saying well why don't you come try out Amazon they're like no 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 I, I got to be on YouTube and so they've given us a in some aspects an unfair competitive advantage that we're willing to you know be in the pool with them but they they uh, don't always want to do that so it's it's fascinating from the mindset of what what people take. Yeah, well, you guys, I, I, this is really good. You guys are total weeds, by the way. But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a good okay, thing. Okay, 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 good. <laughs> but you know what's really cool is to hear that that because you teamed up, um, something much bigger happened. I mean, that, that's what that's what this is about. It, as soon as you start teaming up with others, you, you, it may be someone that you employ. You, you mentioned VA, which we should maybe explain as a virtual assistant. Um, so you get help and that's, and it, it is hard to delegate when you find that it's hard to delegate, when you find that you are, you're part of the deliverable, all of the deliverable of your company, you're in the way, you're the bottleneck and you need to get out of that position. Uh, and, and, and the sooner you, sooner you do that, the sooner you can start achieving scale. And, and it just, it just, you know, it's just really cool to hear that, that, because you were just asking, what's a great example? You guys are a great example. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> Weed you. strategy thank in action. This is a seed pod. This this show, this the, being able to be on Amazon and tap into their audience is a seed pod because you're borrowing the the, the network or the the, the um, I believe the followers of the, the the audience of others to grow yours and to grow your business and to spread the seeds that your seeds out there and your seeds. Or in in seed strategy, there's there's this weeds model about how to which helps you create these unfair advantages. Seed strategy is all about anything that causes people to become aware of you and form the intent to do something with it, to transact with you in some way. And you guys have a huge unfair advantage that you've built for yourselves just by doing this and just by collaborating like a couple of weeds. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, um, that was that's a uh, that means a lot coming from you, and um, it was all by accident. I can promise you. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, so the other thing I should say is, you know, it doesn't come about easy, 
right? Um, and I think a lot of people um, will will look on feeds of you know and algorithms and everything, and th- th- as they're thumbing through YouTube thumbnails that say you know get uh, fourteen million dollars in two weeks if you do this, and um, all of these things are happening. And do you feel like that? Um, you know, how does that play into this in terms of the mindset that it, you know, you, you've got to do the work still, right? There still is, it, you know, you still have to put in effort. It's not easy doing, uh, writing, uh, five books and, um, uh, painting that wall behind you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you who are watching, um, and, uh, for those of you who are listening later on the podcast, Stu has painted his backdrop to look like, uh, weeds, uh, which is, uh, just amazing. The, uh, articulate um art that he's got going on there but um <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, can you speak on 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 that a bit uh, you mean about painting my uh my wall uh, <laughs> no about putting in the, about putting in the work um for for six yeah well yeah. you know yeah no i'm sorry no. you know well, you can talk about the painting too if you want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no the the thing that's really you know what that makes me think of um the, i mean weeds Again, when we're done, you're going to go outside. You're going to the next time you see weeds, you're going to be going. These these things are miracles. Look what they're up to. And so one of the things you'll I want to you know there's a there's a weed that I think every one of us know the dandelion. We all know that weed, and dandelions are a great example of weed strategy in 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 play. And and so you mentioned you know you got to put in the work, right? You got to you got you got to work harder than everyone else. I mean, this is a competition. You know, it's a tough one. So certainly if you're not willing to work, then where where do you think you're going to end up? So, uh, but but here's the thing. A great example of working beyond what everyone else is doing is what dandelions are up to. So they show up when all of the other flowering plants start showing up, all the bushes and so on. They start, and the trees, and they start, everything that's blooming. Well, the dandelions are right there with them. It's the very, very beginning of spring. They're they're blooming. And then they go through, all of the plants go through a growth growth cycle where they flower and then they go, they produce maybe fruit, which are really their seeds. And it's just a, it's their their method of um, having the seeds spread. Uh, but they, they just, see, most plants just go through a single growth cycle in the spring or th- spring through summer. But that's not what dandelions are. That's not what weeds are doing. Dandelions are working overtime. They go through a growth cycle probably every week. Isn't that amazing? And then, and then I'm on an island a little bit just outside Seattle, and so in our climate, um, when when everything starts dying out and and turning brown, and I don't know, let's say August, September, and certainly October, you'll still see dandelion. All these other plants are 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 in senescence. That's really the term. But when they're in senescence, the dandelions are still out there going through their growth cycle like it was still spring. They're working overtime. They're doing what no one, apparently what no other plant is willing to do. And that's what it takes. That's why I think the thing that I think is really exciting about weeds and weed strategy, just drawing, um, you know, strategic growth lessons from from weeds is that they, um, they're all around us. They, they're, they're so accessible. I mean, it just makes growth success, I mean, accessible because we can look at them and watch and draw lessons from them all the time. It's, it's really amazing. I mean, the only time we don't, let's say, you know, after senescence, so in the, in the wintertime, they're not doing anything. They're in, they're dormant. Um, I guess they're rebuilding. They're, they're going to this sort of where we aren't like weeds at all because we're going to do this year round. But 
Um, but but otherwise, they 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 just they give us these examples of weed strategy and growth strategy in motion, and they show us how to do it. And and if you just if you're out working in your yard, going to walk away with with a few lessons, saying I'm going to change the thing I I'm, I'm going to change a couple of things that I'm doing in business, and one of them is teaming up like you guys did. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do to 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 incorporate weed strategy into what you're doing to grow your business or to grow even grow your career. In fact, I think weed strategy is more like the theory of everything about growing anything. Yeah. And, mm. and you know, Stu, one of the things that, you know, we had the, uh, you know, I felt like as an honor is like we had some Zoom calls at the beginning of, you know, the, the pandemic and we were talking with other business owners and maybe gave you some of the ideas. But it was interesting to see, right? Because we talk about with weeds being adaptive but also one of the things you talk about in the book too is the urgency. I, I love how you talk about like some people's like, oh, well, it's going to take us in six months we can do this. Like, why are you waiting six months? Right? Yeah. Because we only have so much time. And so, you know, weeds are kind of urgent, right? Like when you tear that weed out of the ground or think you did, because I know your blueberry uh, stuff in your yard is a good example. Uh, it's going to come back, right? It's going to start growing right away. It's not going to give up. And I, so I think urgency kind of falls in line with that. I mean, give us some of your thoughts on that. Well, an urgency, I think urgency is kind of the way that we attach importance to what we're doing. And so you're right. If someone says, yeah, this sounds great. We can do this in about six months. I'd say, look, a deal denied, or I should say a deal delayed is a deal denied. You got to do it right now. And if you're just putting it off, then I guess what they're saying is it's not important. So, so I think urgency is how you attach importance to anything. If you're calling someone or calling up and then you're asked to hold, ideally you should be saying, no, I'm not going to hold. This is important. It, and it, I think it has an effect on you as, just as much as it does on the other people around you. You start feeling like what you're doing is much more important. It's, it's urgent. It's otherwise, I mean, in, in other words, it's important. And, and so, yeah, I'm, it's just the way that you attach importance to everything you're doing. Yeah, the analogy applies, like you said, in so many ways. Just hearing you talk uh, like you did a few minutes ago and you were talking about how, you know, into the fall and then into the win winter, you said, well, I guess this is, you know, kind of where it doesn't necessarily apply to this. But then I think about weeds in the winter. Well, they don't get, they don't go extinct, right? They're back. They come back. They don't go, they don't, they're not, they don't just go away. They have this, they're, they're back. They never go away. And somehow they're getting stronger and building some other stuff that, you know, maybe even science hasn't figured out uh, just yet. And I think there's something to be learned. I mean, just look at what we're, I guess, still sort of going through in, in terms of a, a, a pandemic. And I know things are, you know, coming out of, of it, but uh, there's a lot of things that can be learned about um, how you would go through something like a winter in your business and how you come out on the other end stronger. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great point. You know, um, well, you know, plants, some plants are perennials. They, they live over multiple years and some are annuals. And those things, when you're talking about a weed that's an annual, wow, that is one aggressive, well, I can't say it. I don't think I can say it. But anyway, <laughs> one aggressive, aggressive plant there. And there's and so there's one there's one weed that's attacking agricultural fields in um, in North America right now. It's the, the water hemp, and this thing, you know, some gardeners say that we, the weeds are just plants that we say are out of place. You know, like like bee balm or something. 
you know, no, that's some of these are really just alien. And when they're annuals, they're they're really up to big things over that senescence period. Because here's what happens: the if they're annuals, the entire population dies off and renews every year. That's that's aggressive. That means that there's there's an entirely new version of the species every year, and and so in the case of water hemp, you know they, these things they're just they're just a weed from hell. They, they produce like dandelions produce fifteen thousand seeds per per plant over a five to ten year lifespan, but these water hemp plants, every plant has the just on average they produce up to four hundred eighty thousand seeds per plant. That's incredible. And that thing's never going away. But the and the other thing is that those seeds are really interesting because the seeds are also like seed strategy. One of the things that those seeds are doing is they, with all of those, just with so many examples of the seeds popping out, some of them are mutating, and that's really useful. That's actually how the plants innovate. And so, so here's what's been happening with with water hemp. It showed up in the in the farmers' fields. They started using herbicides, including let's say. Um, um, you know, Roundup, and I'm, I'm sure everyone's familiar with how just how noxious Roundup is. I mean, it's it's deadly stuff. It it developed immunity to Roundup in four years through that process. So it's this really aggressive, almost like R and D period <laughs> during senescence. But they're you know, they're they're propagating this these these new mutations or new let's say adaptations so that they can meet the challenge. And God, can't we draw some lessons from that? For for our businesses, like you know, from the pandemic, what did we learn from the pandemic? There's talk of of us going into recession soon, and certainly inflation is is a is a problem now. So what what are we doing? I mean, how are we adapting to that? And or are we are you adapting to it? You should be. You should be. You should be busy at work coming up with new ways to create unfair advantages, really, but to to cope with what's going on and and really to thrive as a result of what's going on. Yeah, and you and you even brought up in in the book you talked about Uber as an example and how the taxi cab companies like they could have maybe created an app and that would have been the way that uh, we ordered cars, uh, but we didn't, right? And so now, like you right now, right, this is an opportunity for some of those businesses that are we'd like to say, okay, sure, it's inflation and this or gas is X number of dollars, but how do I come create? an advantage that not only will work now, but work in the future. Like, you know, remote working is still a thing. Uh, So maybe a company says, you know what, we're going to save our employees some money by letting them to continue to work from home. Because, you know, a lot of us, like I, I maybe now drive, you know, fill my tank up once or twice a month. So I'm not seeing the impact that some of these people that are having to drive on a daily basis are. So, you know, that becomes a a strategy in and of itself. Yeah, so when I when I wrote how to grow your business like a weed, I, w- I was writing it during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and and what an interesting time! Well, it's an interesting time for all of us, but it was a big. The thing is, we're always being disrupted, and weeds are weeds are one of nature's great forces of disruption. But they also recognize that they're going to be disrupted as well. We're all disrupted. We're being disrupted now by by the things we just talked about. Perhaps there's a recession coming. There is definitely inflation happening. There's there's the war in Europe. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on. There's always a lot going on that unsettles life. And, but there was surely a lot going on <laughs> doing that during the, the pandemic. And when we, when you watch, let's say, the restaurants, 
restaurants and gyms. Those have been interesting because gyms used to be the the, the model that everyone admired for going through uh, tough times, going through recessions, because it was based on a subscription model and and people kept coming. Well, they they kept paying. I don't know whether they'd keep coming to the gym, but they kept paying. It was important to them to to keep their gym memberships up. But those they were dying on the vine during the the pandemic is a completely different kind of disruption and and restaurants same thing i mean they if if their model was you come into our beautiful beautiful dining room that's out you know it's on on stilts over the water and like you can't live i mean you can't live this way but you certainly can't even find a place like this other than if you come to our restaurant well if that's what they relied on during the pandemic, they'd go out of business. They did go out of business. The ones that said, okay, good. We were prepared for something like this. So we've been gathering up an email list of all of our customers. We know who they are. We talk to them regularly. And so, um, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to focus on the same market, but we're going to focus differently. We're going to adapt. We're going to, we're going to pivot. And so when they went to, let's say the takeout model and they were able to send their menus and say, please keep, supporting us and we love you and you know just through email they they thrived <laughs> so um there are ways to there are ways to meet those challenges always and and I, I think the weeds are a great way to navigate those kinds of difficult times yeah it sounds it sounds a lot like preparedness is a huge part of this right because you know all, we can't foresee or couldn't have foreseen the pandemic i mean people were kind of hinting about it but no one really thought you know but if you're building your business off of any rented land, like Jim and I are here on Amazon, right? But what happens if Jeff Bezos... Hi, Jeff. I know he's listening and watching. Um, I hope you're enjoying right. it, Jeff. Yes. You can listen now. I mean, you told him not to listen when you talked about that Elon guy. Um, but you know, he could snap his fingers and say, Amazon Influencer Program, nah. You know, um, uh, podcasts, nah. You know, like all of that kind of thing, that could happen. So... Uh, as a business person, as someone who's resilient, I mean, you just don't wait for the shoe to drop, right? Like prepare, prepare for something in case uh, something you know doesn't happen or happens to you that could cause like a like a restaurant with a view, so to speak. Is that would that be inaccurate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think being proactive is a big part of it, but that also being reactive mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so a couple of thoughts come to mind. There's one I, I wrote about uh, Paul Harrison in in my book, and Paul is a, he's an interesting businessman from Australia. He's a digital marketer, so he, and he owns a franchise, even as a franchisee in a digital marketing franchise. But he also owns a few. Um, he's also a, an owner in a um, card, a car, a car wash uh, franchise. So. What's really interesting about that is that they're so different, but but the fact is that when when um, when times get tough, people still tend to wash their cars. I mean, they don't seem to go up. They don't seem to go down, um, and that's great because during tough times, marketing spends do go way down. If you're in, in the marketing business, anybody in the marketing business knows this. That, that, those become really tough times. So for Paul, it was just spreading his, or changing the way that he, or, or how he focused on his business. And so, so now he had really two businesses. They were focusing on completely different markets. But when when he wanted to focus on the, on, on his car wash business, his digital marketing prowess was, I mean, his, his expertise and. I mean, that helped. That was an un, that's an unfair advantage. He has he knows more about digital marketing than most most people who own car washes, and so he thrives as a result of that. When times get better, then um, then he doesn't 
maybe concentrate quite so much on his car wash, but then then back to his uh, digital marketing agency or business, and <clears throat> and so so by doing this, he's always in a he's always in sort of a time of of thriving. And and that's useful. He's very very, um, uh, let's say, um, astute about gathering information from the people who are doing business from him. They shouldn't just come in, wash their car, and leave. He needs to know who they are and be able to develop a relationship with them. So that I don't know, maybe he might introduce something new. They might introduce something new in the business, or or he might go off to maybe into maybe a third direction. I don't know, but he's he's got to you've got to have direct contact with. With these people, you mentioned um, Jeff. Okay, I don't know if anyway, we don't know if he's listening. But if Jeff decided today that that um, you know that the the influencer program is gone from Amazon, I mean, one of the things that I I think is probably smart on on your part is to is to collect a lot of collect a, an email list of all the people that you're dealing with on on the on this on this channel, so that if it if it did go away, you'd have an easy time pulling them to another channel. I mean, it would just then then just be another a, 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 yeah, just another platform, and and um and they'd make the change pretty quickly and easily, and it wouldn't have destroyed your business. So I think those are important. But then also just when you have a market that you're serving, and conditions change. I mean, let's going back to the restaurant business, for example, everybody eats, they still eat during the, during pandemics and during any of these, any of these, uh, um, disruptions. Well, if they're still going to eat and they have, they have a positive disposition to you and your brand, then you just find other ways to serve them. So you do react to these, to these changes. And I think maybe, you know, in, in comedy, there's, there's, I mean, in, in comedic improv, there's sort of this rule. Someone will, if you're doing this, you're sort of doing something with with another actor, and you, you the, the actor that your your partner comes up with something crazy, uh, like, oh my god, here comes this, here comes the guys from the moon. Well, you're never allowed to disagree. You're never allowed to say, well, that's not, no, that's not right. <laughs> there are no moon men. <laughs> you don't, you don't do that. You just say, oh my god, you you agree, and then you go on, and then it's, and then this. And so maybe there's a, a way to borrow from that 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 concept to do a disaster improv. So whatever's happening, you just whatever it is, you say, okay, the, this thing just fell over, the, the market's coming down, but that's good, and here's why. And you then go into here's why, and that helps you pivot and have this balanced stance that you can use to to re, to react to really any dis, any disruption. Yeah, and I, I actually went through that. Uh, back in 2018, I was living in North Carolina. Hurricane Florence came, and mm-hmm. I was you know doing local digital marketing. And a lot of those businesses that I worked with never were able to reopen because the damage was so severe. But it also made me realize, like, you know what? There's this thing called the internet. There's this thing called Zoom. I need to start using it more. So, you know, fast forward to 2020... I was prepared, right? I learned from that, you know, that, you know what? It's it's not like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's like, how can I do things differently, right? It goes back to that resilience and adaptability that you talk about. And I think that's what we all have to think of as business owners. I mean, what's funny is I think Chris Chris and I have seen this both and our friend uh, Tim Sohn, right? We were doing live streams or those sort of things. And then all of a sudden, when this thing happened, people were asking you, Hey, I don't know how to live stream. Can you help me? And it created a whole new opportunity that we weren't necessarily intentionally looking for. And so it's not always obvious, but you know, 
building those skill sets definitely, uh, you know, allow you to be more of a weed, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you guys were adaptive and resilient. I, I would say those are, I mean, and I, I'm sure also urgent and, and aggressive and persistent, but but certainly adaptive and resilient. And 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 it, it led, I mean, you, you're still working with the same, a lot of the same people, the same audience, the same target audience, I should say. A lot of the people you knew, I would imagine, also became clients for these other things. And and as a result, you came out stronger. I mean, and, and look, one of the things you did was you started the show. So right. you ended up coming coming up I mean, the business that you have today, you wouldn't have even recognized it before all that all that disruption. No. So disruption is actually good, right. but you've got to surf those waves. Exactly, and I think that's that's you know it goes back to your adaptability um, uh, conversation. I mean, of course, you know when you have this great idea for a business and you're like you have this vision for how it's going to happen, you got you know like you got to be ready when, to move like a shark because it's not going to go, and there's only so much you're in control of. And so whatever business I'm in now was not the business that I had thought about years ago. And I had this whole mind map, you know, and it's just like, boy, I, I don't even look at that anymore. This is a whole new one, right? It's just so you got to move. You got to move with it because a lot of this stuff is out of our control. That's a journey. Yes. I mean, it truly is a journey. And we don't know where the journey goes. We can, you know, we can plan and so forth, but it's just, it's a journey. Stu, this has been so amazing. Um, uh, we are, we are, we've been so honored to have you. This time just goes fly, flying by. And for those of you who are with us, uh, we normally call them the car buying public of Amazon, but uh, today they're the book buying public uh, of, of Amazon. Uh, this is the day that the brand new book, uh, How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed, uh, has debuted already number one in small business. Was that the... Uh, you know, best-selling uh, in in small business, and I'm sure will be uh, added to the other books that are considered bestsellers. Stu, um, just so amazing uh, that you're being able. And as I understand it, um, there's something for people that buy this book today. Are we talking about that or? Yeah, well, I, okay. I, it's a special. It's a secret gift, but it's a, there's a gift if you buy today and you. Somehow get a hold of me, DM me. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. However you want to do it, you can you, you can go to my author site, stuheinick.com. But connect with me and and let me know and share your receipt. I gotta see that. So if you bought today, there yes, there's a special uh, there's a special deal. I mean, a special gift coming your way. That is awesome. awesome. Well, actually, let me just give a little clue. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That, you're gonna get some looks with that shirt. Stu. That's sort <laughs> of the people, idea, right? People come up, people come up, and they say, "Man, I love your t." Actually, they go like this: "Man, I love your t-shirt." <laughs> 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 and I think, okay, <laughs> that is that is too cool. Amazing, yeah. good stuff. And we've got our friend D. Scott Smith, motivational listener, and of course Russ Hedge um, uh, was in here as well, his partner. Um, in uh, for the uh, the experience, another fantastic, uh, fantastic show, and it looks like you're going to be getting contacted from Zach Mitchum because he just he picked up the book on Audible, um, as well. So nice. amazing, nice, amazing. thank and, you. And you actually read the Audible, is that correct, Stu? You have well, I read, I read, um, I I did the introduction. Well, there's a couple things. I did the introduction, okay. and um, and then when I was researching the book, just real quickly, I was looking for stories. So, sorry, I was looking for quotes by famous people about 
you know, just really insightful things about how cool weeds are, about just how amazing they are. But all I was finding was, you know, complaints about the weeds in their yard by famous people. <laughs> and so, um, so for the book, I ended up asking everyone after I interviewed them, hey, now that we've talked about weeds as a positive um, visual metaphor for, for growth or as a metaphor for growth, is there anything that comes to mind? And these people offered up the most amazing quotes. So those are in the beginning of the book. And I also read those in Audible. They're really cool. I mean, it's like one, one from Kathy Ireland is um, <clears throat> weeds scale faster than any, any business that's in their DNA. And I think that's a great mm. one. But there, there are a lot of them. So I, I read those parts of it. Nice. And another quote from some other guy um, that's doing marketing the Marine Corps way um, is in that book uh, as well. It's, Jim, somehow your quote is longer than everyone else's. Can we be a little more succinct? I mean, how many pages did you take up of Stu's new book? Come on. <laughs> we had a lot to yeah, say. Yes. Right. It, it, I mean, it was it was definitely very, very eye-opening uh, book. I mean, definitely got to get it, got to read it. Like I said, I would recommend it uh for anybody that is in business, or even like I said, I think it applies to military folks as well when it comes to mindset, because there's a lot of things that are very similar. I think the military training that we get applies into that mindset. Just like he said, he interviewed, you know, General, uh, I think it's McCaffrey and also General Petraeus. And, uh, you know, so I definitely, uh, you know, th this is a great book. Uh, thanks, thanks to for letting me, you know, have an advanced read of it as well. Uh, because it's you know de definitely one of those things. Got to keep, got to keep sharpening the saw, as Chris and I say, and you know, and and working to move forward because you never know what's going to happen. Well, you're you're so welcome, Chris. I'm going to get one to you as well. Oh, or, love well, one. Chris, Chris, I'll just just hint hint. If you buy one today, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see the look on my wife's face when I put that one on. Um, amazing. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. And again, for those that are listening, um, uh, we're going to have a link in the show notes for you to pick up this uh, brand new book, um, How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. If you're watching on the replay on Amazon, it's right there in the carousel. Pick it up. Why wouldn't you? Um, Stu, thanks again on the day of release for joining us and having um, just, you're just making everyone here better. Uh, thank you so much. The book is How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. And I wouldn't be, I, I would, this is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, but right here on launch day. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Thanks again, Stu. And for everyone else, as always, don't fear the gear. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations. You've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. Follow us on Twitter or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also include added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening, and you know the deal. Don't fear the gear.